The future of health coaching. Opportunity, action, impact. Brought to you by Teleosis Institute, coaching and narrative healing. Joel Kreisberg, the future of health coaching summit. I'm excited today to have John Dupuy as our guest. John is the, is the founder of Integral Recovery. He's published various articles on the subject, particularly a book, Integral Recovery, A Revolutionary Approach to the Treatment of Alcoholism and Addiction. As well, he is the co-founder and CEO of iAwake Technologies, which actually offers a, a, a fabulous technology we're gonna hear all about today. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joel, and hello, everybody. Good morning, good day, good night, wherever you are on the planet. It's good to connect with you uh, in this powerful virtual way. Thank you, John. Uh, let's you know, jump right in. Today, we're going to talk about meditation technology and integral life practice. And so I, we're going to have to spend a, a minute or two, or well, as long as it takes, tell us about meditation technology. Yeah, well, I had been, um, uh, after graduate school in the Bay Area, my wife and I, uh, eventually moved out to the Southern Utah wilderness, where we got involved in the um, therapeutic wilderness industry. And my job was taking out uh, teenagers and then adults into the wilderness for long extended journeys where we would do healing work, uh, recovery work, and get people cleaned up and give them a new lease on life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things uh, that was obviously important, and it's in the 12 steps, uh, step 11 says, uh, sought through prayer and meditation to increase our conscious contact with God, seeking only his will and the power to carry it out. It's right there in kind of the, the very, the, the, you know, the, the, just the beginning of the modern uh, recovery movement that meditation is important. However, we really never learn how to meditate, you know, at a meeting. And I was trying to teach my beloved addicts to meditate because we knew it was important. And this was some years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and since then, it's become very mainstream that meditation, you know, is very important. It's all over yep. uh, mm -hmm. celebrities and all over the, main, the mainstream media now. And I was trying to get these guys to sit and meditate and gals for like 10 minutes in one. Even in even in the context of the Southern Utah wilderness, which is like really, and, and there's not a blizzard or something, you know. And it was like this is really not working too well. Then I heard an interview with Bill Harris, Apollo St. Fame, and Ken Wilber, and they were talking about this brain entrainment or binaural beats and how this technology would using alternating beats, say 100 hertz in this year, 110, the brain splits a difference down to five hertz, and you can regulate whatever brainwave state you want to entrain it into by using sound. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, suffering through gurus and ashrams and years of monastic uh, discipline to get to the point where you can actually do that consciously, uh, this was taking you there immediately. And I went, ah, perhaps this is a, what's been lacking in my work with addicts. Well, uh, meantime, I have my own issues in a deep clinical depression, and I had suffered from it uh, for years. My brother committed suicide. Often I was in those, you know, I'd go down into those states of deep darkness where, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, non-existence felt like a really great idea. But my, my love for my family kept me in. You know, one suicide in the family is more than enough. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So I started, I, I ordered this technology and I started testing it on myself. And um, I'd kind of been a haunted mystic. I mean, I'd had spiritual experiences since I was about 11 years old off and on. But yeah. normally it's just like they haunt you because you're there. You feel this presence, this unitive experience, and then it goes away and you're still right. the messed up knucklehead you always were, which is kind of depressing. Anyway, I had this <laughs> big 
big non-dual experience. And I'm going, okay, I've been doing this about three days. Am I enlightened? Well, it was an opening. I wouldn't say I was enlightening, but it really put a new context in there. And then for about nine months, I started somatically releasing all the trauma and all the pain that had been keeping me. Um, uh, right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's very clear that, and I was trained as a therapist that talking therapy doesn't get you there. You know, like uh, it's like reading the menu, you know, you can be aware of what's the food and this and that, but if it's not released somatically, you're not going to get there. You know, you'll right. starve to death. It's all you do is read menus, although right. the menu tells you how much it is and what's available, etc. So yeah. I started doing all this work. And so I said, wow, this is seems to involve a, 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 um, an ex experiential spiritual practice as well as a way to deal with trauma and to release the things that in many cases keep people drinking or keep people depressed or becomes uh, the reason they're self-medicating to use drugs. I said, this is really fantastic. So I started uh, using that. In the meantime, uh, I read some early Ken Wilber, uh, the, kind of the, the integral thinker that started the whole integral movement back in grad school. And, and then on the internet, I found this PDF file, what is the aqua or the integral map? And I, I read this thing. And it was like, oh, my God, this is like the Rosetta Stone, mm -hmm. you know, to help us understand this whole disease and what to do about it. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited. And I got on the phone. I was bothering them at the Integral Institute. And they were like, we're really busy. Clack. And I said, oh, I'm sure they are. I was in such a good mood. <laughs> it couldn't even bother me. And I couldn't find any other references to it. And then this slowly dawned on me, well, maybe you're supposed to take this Integral thing and what you're learning about meditation and practice. Oh, and put it together. And I said, God, don't you have a better talent agency? Surely. <laughs> and I said, don't call me Shirley. And I went, okay. So, um, yeah, so I started putting together and I, I wrote some papers mm -hmm. and uh, they got recognition and they were published and eventually it dawned on me, write the book. And I was like, well, you know, I'd written one paper that was 38 pages. And I said, I may have said everything I had to say. And I started writing. I, I'd meditate in the morning with my legal pad in the book evolved and um, was published and won award USA best book award in the field of addiction and health uh, in 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, it went on from there. And then about six years ago, um, met up with a gentleman, Eric Thompson in Boulder, who had also suffered from depression and a friend, a mutual friend introduced us. And he said, I think that I'm, I'm a really brilliant guy. I think I'm building a better mousetrap as far as this brain entrainment stuff. And I was pretty familiar what was out there. So I took it home. I said, this is really good. And again, the intuitive voice said, do this. So that's what, that was when we started uh, uh, iAwake Technologies. And we produced, I don't know, we probably have a hundred different uh, products that we've produced. Right. Um, it continues to grow and flow and it becomes uh part of the whole um, um, the integral recovery model. And now I'm writing a book that's taking everything we learned with my beloved addicts, or I should say our beloved addicts, because they are us, yes. applying it to everyone. You know, we all suffer. We all nice. don't, you know, reach our goals or get stuck in some some way. And so I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book. And the book, of it's Maslow, quoting him, this is a working title, what you can become, you must become. Ah. You know, and there's not only dark shadows, but there's light shadows too. Essential gifts that we don't give them, we get sick. Nice. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting because you go, you know, so we, there's there's different pieces. I mean, the technology has been in a larger notion of healing, of recovery. You're using the, the integral model to get there. And then you go, well, this is useful for all of us. 
basically. And I would say that's, that's been my experience of both the integral recovery work based on integral theory, as well as the, as the, the spiritual, as the technology itself. So let's just, you know, help people with the technology. I mean, I, I listened to, today I was listening to, to the one based on Sean Phillips's work. I mean, it's something I listen to all the time. So, you know, there's brain entrainment is this word. Right. Yeah. Talk about biurnal beats. Can you just kind of break that down into the, you know, the, the simple explanation? Like it, it's doing something to, uh, to me. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, the, the basic technology and, and like we've evolved with things and now there's a lot of different technologies right. into it. But the basic one that they figured out back in the seventies is that if you have say a hundred beats in this year and 110 in this year, stereo headphones, brain doesn't know how to deal with that discrepancy and it, creates a phantom wave in the mid part of the brain that joins the two hemispheres, uh, a phantom wave of splits the difference down to five hertz. So you can adjust these beats and, and entrain the brain rather quickly, like three or four minutes into whatever a brainwave state you want. So instead of, you know, just sitting there fidgeting for years and trying to figure out how to meditate, it actually takes you there. And uh, it, people start feeling the benefits and the results. Most of us, the, the large, you know, just most of us very quickly. Very and so, quickly. Yeah. And, and an addict, somebody who's, who's got this progressive disease, who's not killing himself drinking and are using drugs and or both doesn't have, you know, 10 years to wait till they really develop the disciplines to, exactly. to see the effects. They'll be dead, you know, or, or just in a disaster or in jail or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you need something that works now and you need it to work quickly and dramatically. Right. It works quickly and it works now. And so then, and then the other term I noticed comes up is encoded. You got, you know, a bunch of the technologies that encoded music or encoded sound. Is that, that's different than, than. Yeah. A, I mean, the, the, the original tracks were like, you know, the, but 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 like this, the, the thing. and then you would have like put rain or music on top of it, try to disguise the sound. And now, and, and, and most of the music itself is, is working with different algorithms that actually, instead of just having the, the beats, that, that do that and you have subtle energy that's encoded and an isochronic thing and it's just there's just a lot of technology and we have a brilliant team not just of one developer but we have four now that are working on this stuff right yeah so it's really grown and so 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 they actually you know at some point you know you know the early ones sound a little bit like white noise or waterfalls or things like that at this stage there actually the sound itself is music and it's it's different you know it's wonderful to listen to so i i listen to them all the time and what i what i just heard you say it's really key is it's it's it's, it's it may be passive in the sense that i'm not doing anything but it's very active to your mind yeah, well, and, and in the beginning, you know, the stuff is so dramatic. All you have to do is just kind of sit there and listen to it and, and see what happens, just observe. But as you become a more advanced practitioner, you've been, you, get, you actually begin to practice while you're doing it. So any of the, the, you know, the great meditative traditions and the different types of meditations that people have learned work much better using this technology. So if you're a Zen meditator, you can do Zen practice and listen to this, and it will just advance your practice much more quickly like zen on steroids or i i use centering meditation which comes from centering prayer which is kind of a esoteric christian uh meditation and i've kind of divorced it from a lot of the theology but that's a practice that i use and it works very well 
uh, with this technology. So once, you know, and I coach people to how to use this. So once you get past the, the you know, just being on a tennis court in your first tennis lesson, holding the racket and seeing that the right. ball bounces exactly. is a big deal. Right. But as the practice goes on, you, you know, you learn to do more. It becomes a little more complex. And, and uh, Absolutely. And, and, and for me, I mean, you know, so I, I use it in integrated medicine and, and health coaching. I, I actually prescribe them. You know, I, I used to try and get people to meditate. And, you know, I still like to get people to meditate, but not everyone's going to meditate. So I very often, I mean, the one that I, is one of my go-tos is, is a del deep delta. Or yeah, deep I actually listened to that this morning. I said, I got to talk to Joel. I yeah. better do deep delta. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and it, so it helps with getting the, getting to sleep, but it's not just helps for getting to sleep. It's a specific thing, right? Yeah. You know, actually, can you just tell me, I mean, deep delta, what's, what's delta mean in that title? Well, yeah. So, you know, there's basic, um, uh, brain waves and you know and, and beta is a really quick one and that's what we call monkey mind when we're multitasking right the other day bouncing off the wall <laughs> and under that it's a little slower and you can actually see these things on on, on scientific instruments it's alpha and that's focus and flow and in the early days they thought man alpha is the super learning one that's all great mm -hmm. and below that is theta which is a little slower and you can imagine like waves in the sea they have more energy the, the bigger the waves get instead of little choppy stuff mm -hmm. uh, that works sometimes anyway. And, and theta is one that deals with a lot of a kind of emotional release and, and uh, REM sleep. And below that is Delta uh, is what the brain exhibits mostly. I'm, you know, the brain is always has most of these things going at the same time, but it's the one that's really dominating in dreamless sleep. And that's a very deep meditative state. Right. So that's where you, the kind of the observer self, the witness, everything just begins to, you know, emerges in consciousness and, and you become this larger context in which everything arises moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that capacity, you know, doing this stuff for years and practicing really becomes stabilized and it, it shifts the whole story. I mean, you right. still have your ego, but it's, it's held in a much larger uh, context. Exactly. So, I mean, you're still you, it's just now you're using this technology to deepen your ability to be to have clearer states and so what i really appreciate what you just described because you know you're talking about brain you know the way the brain works and you can see how i mean of course anyone can go online and buy one of these things i mean iawake is a is a company available their downloads basically and at the same time it really does help to have someone give you a bit of advice on which one you might be using for which which moment so that becomes the next question so you know how do you help people figure out what to do with this stuff well, yeah, and, and that's where the kind of the coaching thing, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't something I tried to do. It just like, it just started showing up. Mm -hmm. And I found that with, with people at a certain level where they're at, that I can work very, very effectively with Zoom or Skype or what, whatever these, these um, you know, one of these technologies where we can talk to people all over the world. I mean, I've had clients that I've worked with for a long time that mm -hmm. I've never even on the same continent with them. Right, right. We're yeah. Like we're connecting right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, using the integral map, okay, which is basically, uh, it is uh, several different lenses that helps you see everything that's absolutely necessary, okay? Mm -hmm. It has to be contained. And if you don't, if you miss one of these essential areas, something's not going to work, you mm -hmm. know? And that's always been the problem with, you know, recovery is like, you know, 12-step was really good at what it did. Right. right. But it didn't talk about the brain. It didn't talk about nutrition. It didn't talk about... Uh, right. PTSD and healing from trauma. It was a great support group. There was morality, ethics, spirituality, accountability. That's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. But there are 
huge things that were missed. And yeah. so you have to bring together all of that stuff. And what the integral model does is it allows us to take what was working from the past and merge it with different fields and everything. So we really have the best model that is currently um, uh, possible. Mm -hmm. And plus it's a structure that's very evolutionary. So when we find new stuff, we can remove some old stuff or improve this and that. So it's, it's a model that it's not like in, in the first chapter of the, of the book, I said, this is not the, the, uh, the last word in integral recovery. It's the first, it's changing better and more beautiful and effective. Right. So, yeah. So what I hear is you're saying that you use the integral model, the integral framework, which is Ken Wilber and others. But Ken Wilber is the one who, you know, we, we attribute it to this particular framework. You use it as a as, as a way of, of, of holding the whole process when you're working with someone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, their lenses. So, I mean, can you, can you start looking? You see things and we, we tend to focus, you know, some of us are focused on this or that, but it's it helps us we have to acknowledge the areas that we may not be comfortable with, right? Yeah. And yes. Carl Jung said that, you know, God comes through the, the rejected parts of us. So that dark, creepy place that you're not so comfortable with, maybe it's physical exercise. You know, I mean, you're a Berkeley intellectual, you know, maybe you just sit around your couch and read great books and think, hey, I got it. <laughs> no, you got to go out and sweat and move your body, you know? Right. So I have no idea what to do for exercise. Yeah. You look like you're in great shape. So, um, you know, so and you focus on this or your relational life. You know, I'm right. very much, a, believe it or not, an introvert. <laughs> I seem like it when I'm talking. But, you know, so it really helps me to to be involved with the community and other people. And though it's not where I'm most comfortable, I have great breakthroughs and get great uh, energy there. So, yeah, so, so it get, and it gives us a language. You know, we talk about the quadrants. So I'm talking to a client once he's got the basic structure down. So, so what's going on in the upper left quadrant? It means, that means your interior life, what's going on spiritually, emotionally. And so it gives you a shorthand where you can really get to what matters. Mm -hmm. It also gives you, you know, it gives you a sense of, because I use it as well, right? You know, so just pick the quadrants. I mean, every behavior has an interior, has an experience, yeah. right? Everything I'm doing also has a relationship with people. Right, and it also fits in the system. So I got my four quadrants. And so it allows me, and I, I, I'm sure it allows you, to sort of check out all four arrangements, all four moments, where yeah. what's happening, right? Yeah, and, and, and just the, the upper right quadrant, just say we're talking about individuals, the physical body. The upper left is the interiors of the individual. The lower left is your relational world, kind of the interiors of relationship between people. And the, and the lower right is simply the after objective world that we bump into. It's paying your insurance, changing the oil in your car, your bank accounts, you know, your clothing, housing, you know, all the basic stuff and the early stuff in the mass of ladders. And anything you do really good in one of the quadrants lifts up and supports the other quadrants. Anything bad brings the others down. And when you're dealing with an addict, if you don't have balance in all those four quadrants, that's going to cause stress. And stress is like public enemy number one neurologically. And mm -hmm. it's just a craving response and, and kind of the, the zombie, like, i got to get drugs. And, and starts the whole relapse process over again. So, right. in, yeah. Yeah, and, and to order, you know, and there's 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 developmental levels and all this good stuff in, in 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 the model. But in order to actually do this, the the essence is not just an intellectual trip. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. It's a practice. Okay. Exactly. Right. Right. So you're using it as a tool of assessment. These are your strengths. This is your. These are weaknesses. This is areas we need to focus on. Yes. And then comes what are we going to do about it? Right. It's the map. Right. Then you're going to walk the territory. The map reveals. Right. 
Right. Which is where the idea of you ended up coaching. I mean, that's how that term. I mean, it's more than coaching because when you do recover, you're working with, you know, you run programs as well. Yeah. Are you still running programs or you stopped running programs? At this uh, I stopped for a while. You know, I had my a house and property here full of addicts for about eight years. And my wife said, you know, it's like, you're pretty tired. <laughs> Stop this. I, like, I, I can stop this. Nobody told me. So yeah, I kind of taken a break. And then I had to take about, uh, well, uh, over a year and a half off to, to be with my aging parents and take care of them. Mm. And so, uh, you know, in the last few months, I'm, I'm back, you know, doing this work. And I'm very, you know, after a while of doing the meditation, and I, I'm the chief principal practitioner, I don't just preach this, I actually do it myself. Mm -hmm. uh, you just really trust the flow, the creative flow. And it's not like, you know, how do you make God laugh, right? Tell him your agenda. Uh, and it's kind of that thing. I mean, it just keeps revealing what I'm supposed to be doing day by day. And, and one of the things of a spiritual practice, there's a surrendering, you know, it's like, here's all my stuff, God, right? But you know, what do you want me to be doing? And you just kind of sit there in, in, in the surrendered open space, and you get down into that deep delta space and kind of the creativity and the uh, kind of intuitive voice begins to, uh, you know, direct your path and that feels really good when you feel like you're on the path that you were called you're being called to walk so you have to do it yourself is what you're saying so you, you know there's nothing you're asking others to do that you're not doing that's right part of your, yeah which is yeah it's so, important which yeah. is so that then there's this term integral life practice that sort of comes up which uh you know and without thinking of it as a trademark idea is idea of taking this integral map and now applying it as a practice Right. In some way, you know, and yeah, so tell, yeah, talk about that. Let me say about, well, what the other, another part of the map is called lines or multiple intelligences. And mm -hmm. I think it was Gardner yeah. in the 80s started writing about it. And that's pretty easy. You know, oh, there's mathematical intelligence, there's culinary intelligence, there's golf intelligence, there's emotional intelligence, there's uh, sexual intelligence. I mean, there's a lot of different skills. Musical intelligence. Musical. Our <laughs> blues intelligence. Um, <laughs> So, the, but, but there's, there are four of these lines and, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're vertical. So you can say, oh, you're really, you're really bad in this one. And this one's really high. And so you need to get balanced in the essential basic ones. And from there you can move on. And the four essential lines are capacities that have to be included and worked on in an integral practice. Number one, the body, which means exercise, nutrition, right? Strength training, stretching, cardio, blah, blah. Mm -hmm all that uh, supplements, whatever it takes. And then you have uh, intellectual, mm -hmm. uh, mental health, and hopefully this is inspiring and, and, and new ideas are forming and, and good ways of being in the world. Um, and the other one is the emotional intelligence, which means uh, understanding states of consciousness, how to work with them, how mm -hmm. to deal with trauma, stuff from the past. Mm -hmm negative stories that we created in our head based on our experiences, children that no longer serve us, that need to be kind of taken apart and put together in a better way. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least is a spiritual practice. And this is not a dogmatic acceptance of some, you know, a religious credo or something, which is fine if you want to do that. But that's not what we're talking. We're talking a deep contemplative inner practice, which is facilitated by the technology. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are opened up into these deep spaces immediately, and then you can start doing the work. And that includes the emotional work and and the spiritual work with, you know, your deepest self, your higher self, highest higher power, God, spirit, Allah, Buddha nature, however you don't want to frame that. You know? yeah. 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 And you can be religious if that's your path, or you can be like so many people, I'm spiritual but not religious, whatever emerges, but it's really yours and it's really experiential and it's full-bodied and it's not just a head trip, it's, it's a complete experience.
Right. So these four lines that are often called are four capacities. It sounds like you kind of need to be working in all of them yeah. if you're doing an interval practice. And, you know, a nice thing is, is the, the technology actually transforms and evolves your brain. So it's part of the physical practice. Exercise does that too. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the brain begins to function at an increasingly higher level. And mm -hmm. so your mental, you know, your, your intellectual uh, practice is easier. Right. And right, you become more creative. You can understand complex ideas. You just get smarter, okay? And the emotional stuff, of course, is being done. And, and the nice thing about this technology, unlike often traditional meditation, which can be quite dissociative, you know, you think you're enlightened, but you just we split off from everything, you know, is, is it's actually very somatic. So you really have to deal with your stuff and crank it and release it. Your body, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the, the deep spiritual connection. And I remember when I first started doing groups of addicts here, I mean, these guys are pissed off at God, religion, gals do everything. And they would start doing the meditation. We'd meditate two hours a day, an hour in the morning, hour in the night. And the first, the first weeks they're just laid out on the cushions <laughs> feeling so great. But after a couple of weeks, people would totally begin to be able to differentiate between, Oh, religion, the negative experience I've had and spirituality. Oh, this right. is something, this is mine. Right. This is not controlled by, you know, anybody else, some hierarchy. This is mine. And right. so come online very, very quickly. Nice. Nice. Right. And so, and of course, but you're not just saying, listen to this technology. They got to be, you said, there's got to be doing body, mm -hmm. which is nutrition and fitness and dealing with the emotional components. There's the cognitive, there's the, what the understanding what's really happening yeah. and the, and this uh, connecting to the larger spirits. So when you're working with people, you're basically saying we got to be working in all these domains. Well, yeah. We, we, and, and it's, it's simpler than it sounds that basically uh, you gotta, you gotta be a lifetime athlete. You know, it means you work out maybe six times a week, seven, if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it involves strength training and yoga and these different things, but it means every day pushing yourself to your 10, you know, where you're breaking out and sweating, <sighs> you're breathing, you can't talk and everything. It's like, you know, you're really getting the groove. It's not just, uh, uh, it's, it's good. And then you have to do about equal amount of time working on the interiors. So if you do, and I, and I say that the really evolutionary transformational zone is when you're doing like an hour of exercise, uh, balanced by an hour of interior work a day. You get right. that going and the whole picture changes. Right. And in an integral recovery, you say relapse happens not when you ingest a substance, when you stop practicing. If you're doing this work, I have almost never seen somebody relapse. It's when you stop and you start, you know, oh, right. well, you put it aside. So you're, you're and, and there's so much uh, literature and data now on what practice does, you know, talent code, uh, talent that's overrated. There's popular books talking about it, but if you want to excel in anything, you have to learn how to be a master practitioner. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. when you do, you start, you get, you know, you just think, you think uh, Roger Federer got to be the, you know, the world's greatest tennis player by sitting on his ass. That's right. Oh, he was just born with a tennis racket. He just natural talent. He worked and he worked and he worked. And if you study the great musicians, the great athletes, the great writers, the great whatever, they put the time in on a daily basis, cultivating whatever you want to do through practice and work. Right. Cultivating. Yeah, that discipline is what I hear is the word that's coming up. And paradoxically, discipline is the path to freedom. You're like, oh, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I don't want to discipline. Yuck! I just want to be free. Well, just being free actually begin 
be a slave if you're an addict or whatever your escapes are. So it's through discipline that we achieve real, real capacity to be free and to be, be conscious. Well, it's interesting because th- th- what you're describing, so I've been putting an hour a day of you know, exercise or, or, or doing my physical growth. I need an hour to do some kind of interior work and we can unpack that a little bit, what you mean by that. It, but those are, I'm filling myself up with, you know, with growth. And making that a discipline. Who's got time to go, you know, go party too much? Or, you know, there's, a, there's a, an addictive element to that, to, to being yeah. feeling good. Yeah, right? well, William Glasser, who, who's famous for his work, Reality Therapy, wrote a book. I can't remember it, but he said, you know, there's, there's positive addictions. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite the same as if you're... Of course not. You don't start sweating and craving and i got to go to the gym, kind of, sort of. I mean, you look forward to going to the gym. You, you look forward to working out after a while. And, right. and meditation becomes a, a refuge. You know, right. and, then, and then once you develop this interiority, it's like, oh, my God, how could I live a life without this deep inner? Yeah. And, you know, I just live on exteriors. That's so yucky. Yeah. You know, it just after a while. And you, maybe sometimes you need a coach to get you going. But once the, the practice is really deeply established, then my work's done. And I had one student say, so you're saying that practice is the guru. And I said, yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. That's brilliant. You know? Well, I mean, you know, I said addictive quality because it is a quality, you know, it, it, I guess I see it as when, when it comes to the point where if you haven't done some, you know, your workout or your work in a day or two, and you notice that you want to go do it, that's when you've, you've shifted. Right. It's oh, yeah. automatically return. It's returning to the cushion, returning to the exercise, returning to your practices rapidly. That's right. That's, that's when you got it. So the coach somewhere sits in there. So you end up having to coach people as they go through this process. Yeah. And, and a, a, a former student of mine wrote a review and he said, and I love this. It's like, I felt really seen. He says, John is a, a, a mix of a rabbi, a football coach, a college professor and a therapist. So that's really kind of what uh, integral coaching or integral therapy or anything can be integral. You're all of these things. Right, right. And and the fact that that I'm a practitioner and you're a practitioner and we're both coming from these deep, you know, interior practices. And so we're able to go when we're discussing inner issues and therapeutic issues and stuff like that to a much deeper level. It's Mm -hmm. just mind blowing how how deep and effective uh, uh, talking therapy can become again when we actually have a practice and we're releasing and getting to this material. Also, one of the effects of, uh, of this uh, technology is most people, at least 80%, really report that their dream life becomes much more lucid and much more powerful when they start doing this technology. So you have all this dream material that, you know, that comes up and uh, that is just a, a, an amazing way in, in, uh, of, of dealing with the unconscious and we seem to have these inner poets you know, that have encoded all this information. And it's not when you work with dreams and the unconscious, it's not just a, an intellectual process, but it actually seems to release uh, energetic things in the body and things begin to shift uh, in a very deep way. What, what I hear, though, then is what you're saying is as a coach is you have to be able and willing to go wherever you need to go Absolutely. to support the client. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, the integral, it says the, the whole domain is open. I mean, the whole everything. Right. Yeah. And you have you, you bring your full experience and self to that whole relationship. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I, you know, if we're dealing with addiction, I mean, the guy's doing you know, like three grams of, of heroin injected in his arms and two bottles of vodka and a handful of pills and smoking cigarettes and pot, you know, a, sc- a couple of Skype sessions a week is not going to do diddly, 
you know, so it's like, okay, we need to get you to medical detox and into a treatment center. And then after you've been there, you know, six months or two months or how long we can do that, then we can pick up with me. So you really meet people where they're at. And I get, a, I get a lot of people, I have gotten a lot of people that are already have achieved some level of sobriety. You know, they're not using it anymore, but it's not enough. They want to take it to the next level. So you just meet people at whatever level they, they're at. And that's where the developmental levels that is also part of the integral map come in. And, and one of the big insights that I brought to this thing in the developmental levels, say you're at a modernistic way, like you buy science and success, and, you know, you're, you know, average healthy American, and you, you get hooked by this progressive disease. Well, what happens, this level of moral development, where, you know, you think of uh, in, in, in terms of win, 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 global solutions, and not just my country, my tribe, my religion, my family, it's, it's expanded. Well, you, you devolve, it's a, it's a devolutionary disease, and pretty soon you're just at this, this very pathological, egocentric level where you're manipulating, stealing, using violence, doing whatever it takes to secure the supply of the grade for desired uh, substance. Mm -hmm. so, really use this ladder, uh, this, this developmental uh, psychology to see where you're at currently, where you were at before, and if you keep doing the work, what the, what the higher potential of your own nature is. I mean, it's very exciting stuff. Nice. So, yeah, so what I hear you, you describing there is that, first of all, you're not doing it alone. As a coach, you also are able to recognize when you, you need to send people off for other types of health. Oh. help right it's not you're not you're trying to if, if you break your arm don't call me you know i mean you right. might want to get some support but right. go to the doctors right right that's a key piece and then but and so then but you are able to work with people and what i what you just said something is really interesting because it's something that i'm interested in is like because we're working in the domain of illness health and illness there is a way that we we do devolve as part of our illness. I mean, you're specifically working with addicts and, and recovery. And so, but it is true that as we get sicker, we tend to go to our lowest self or we move down. Yeah, absolutely. Get more basic. And so no, having a developmental perspective, which is what you're describing now, allows us, you and us to see what that means to to, to go back to earlier forms of behavior, earlier ethical structures, reconstruct to something now and also point into the future. Yeah, and, and one of the things it helps us to do that all these different levels of developments have their own their own understanding and, and their own languages. So if you're, you know, you have an addict who's down here at a very kind of, you know, criminal, uh, egocentric, it's all about me and my drugs, and you're trying to talk to him from this really elevated, you know, world-centric, cosmocentric, including right. all sentient beings, he's just going to throw up, you know, right. he's not going to get it, but if you say, look, dear friend, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to jail, you know, or you're going to be locked out of your house, or, you're, you know, you have to deal with things that they can actually hear, and you yeah. have to very directive. Right. And so when I start working with somebody, and especially if they're at the very beginning levels, I don't just say, well, if you like to do a little meditation and maybe you go to the gym or maybe you just like to walk in the woods. You know, it's not, it's very directive. You know, I, I, I come out, I'm very ruthless and very straightforward and to the point because I'm fighting for this person's life, you right. know, and, and as they become an advanced practitioner, then the choicefulness uh, comes in because they're getting freer. But before that, the drugs and the craving for drugs are making all the choices. So you have to come off as more powerful than that as a coach, as a support person, or as a treatment person. 
Right. So what you're saying, what I hear you saying is that you're actually matching where the client is. If a person's more egocentric or selfish, you have to be more directive or you have to be more of a coach who gets in someone's face and says, dude, you want to get out of here. This is what's going to take. As they evolve, you can match their level of autonomy, their ability, their self-discipline, and you can give them more space. So it's a very fluid notion of coaching. Yeah, and of course you've had, you've had to done your own work at these different levels. You know, you're not if you're well, with, with the what we they call it in spiral dynamics the blue kind of the uh, uh, the pre-modern uh, mm -hmm. you know, fundamentalist religious thing, mm -hmm. and you never experienced that. You're going to sound like a real phony. You know, I, on the other hand, in my teenage years, was you know went through evangelical Christianity, memorized tons of verses, and I can you know whether so whether it's you know a devout Catholic or Jew or you know, blah, blah, blah. There's certain a level you can talk about God and spirit and prayer and humility, which are all things I believe in, you know, really, but I can actually talk from a sincere place uh, and hold it in a, in a larger context. Right. Well, so what you were saying, what you're saying there is you, you see the value and the purpose of each one of these levels. Yeah. Each one has a place. Yes. I mean, it's to every season, I guess. And it's well it's being back. respectful, you know, yeah. Right. And, and, and you look at you know, the culture wars in our country right now and in these different levels, you know, think they're absolutely right and they can't communicate with one another until you get to some point where you realize, oh, these are all parts of the human evolutionary chain. And I got to be able to talk to Trump supporters and Bernie supporters and this and that without getting into a food fight or worse, you know, every time we talk. Well, that, well, so now you're, now you're actually describing a key principle of integral life practice, integral theory, which is being respectful of the different worldviews. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, but you're describing it in the role of coach, being able to work with people at different levels. Well, actually, A, be able to recognize what level each client is at or struggling with, because when we say they're at, that's not really, I mean, we're, we're, we're at all different levels all the time. But the one that we're struggling with right now is the big piece. So you describe if you if you you know if you take too many too many drugs or drink too much, you have a habit of ending up in a very ego place. Right. And this doesn't take you know like a four hundred multiple guess um, uh, you know form to fill out to figure out where people are at. I mean, you can just you know in five minutes after a while. I mean, you can just after a while you kind of know where people. Are, you yeah, know, well, you know, and they can actually get. I mean, if, if you want to talk about, you know, actually, I mean, I, I haven't worked so much with this, but there can be very, very bright, sophisticated people who struggle with alcoholism, for instance, in absolutely a very, you know, hidden way, you know. And it's not that they're really, you know, that they're going to get arrested and go to jail. It's just that they're fucking up their life as an academic dean or whatever they are, and it's a, it's a much more subtler move. So yeah, it's, and, and, uh, addiction is deeply democratic. It affects all, all, all ethnic groups, all socioeconomic groups, all everybody gets hammered. You know, nobody, no, there's no levels like, oh, I'm so evolved now that this doesn't affect me. No, it just, uh, it gets a little more complex actually if we move up these different developmental levels. Exactly. So what I hear you saying is that, so the developmental levels allow you to, to, to have a, a way of, 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 of describing where, what level people are at, what their basic worldview that they're functioning with, so that you as a coach can match them with an intervention that's going to be most effective. Yeah, and when you teach them this, it's like, it's, it's kind of humbling in a good way. It's like, oh, I'm not the top of the food chain. You know, the ego likes it. Like, I'm just the smartest guy in the world and everybody else is dumb. No, you really get like, oh man, there's like, there's a lot of growth to be done. So it gives a kind of a directionality to the whole recovery process where before it was kind of analog, sober, not sober. 
Yeah, but they're sober, not sober with all these different things that actually really, really matter, you know. Absolutely. And well, and now you gave another piece is that you can also say, well, here's where you can move to because you can also see the potential in people. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's not just, well, stop drinking. You're going to go back to being your unhappy person. It's like, you know, you have a potential of really helping a lot of other people or making a difference. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, once you get beyond the foundational, oh, I can't do, you know, mind-altering addictive substances anymore, then the work really gets fun because it becomes that vision quest, you know, and, and building your own, your capacity and what, you know, what am I here to do? What, what, you know, what is my meaning in life? And there's this great verse in uh, um, the Gospel of Thomas, which they found in the desert in Egypt uh, in 45 and in, in these, in these earthen jars. And in this, this gospel, it's not, it's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's something beyond that. It may be been earlier, even than Mark. It's very, somebody was taking notes. Anyway, Jesus says, allegedly here, he says, if you keep that within you, that is within you, it'll kill you. But if you bring it forth, it'll bring you life. Hmm. So those are those creative gifts that we are born to give. And if we, that's again, that, you know, there's the negative, there's the negative shadows that we have to deal with our self-hatred, our projections, our wounds, all this stuff. But then there's the light shadows, or we used to say the kids in the woods, you know, your light dragons. There's mm-hmm. the dark dragon, the light dragon. You don't bring those those babies forth that you're going to get sick too. Ah, so you have yeah. to find your best self. You have to, nice. uh, like the book said, what you can become, you must become. You know, it's your moral, spiritual duty and obligation to become the best version of yourself and give it back to the world. That's I- well, no, what I love about what you just did, though, is you also modeled how you, you know, we have to value each of the different levels. So, you, you know, what's the matter with quoting the Bible, right? You know, you can use it and that shows that you're able to honor different levels of, of human ways of being, of thinking. Yeah, and and we're, all, we're all born at square one. So you get a really great, <laughs> hippie, cool parents, and you're born a little, you know, yeah. a pre-tribal, a little savage. Right. <laughs> to these and and of course if you're in a in an area say like berkeley you know it's very progressive and green and there's a lot of support to get to this green progressive level and you know beyond that when you when you start working beyond what the center of gravity where you are then it takes a little more heroic effort because you're actually pushing beyond what people are comfortable with but Mm -hmm. those supportive levels are really good because it helps people underneath that get up to those levels kind of gracefully okay then beyond that we're you know we don't know how high up is yet. We don't know how, how because it keeps evolving. Right. And when the current uh, state, highest stage of development is no longer sufficient to answer the current needs of an individual or the world or a culture, that's when evolution kicks in and you start getting these next levels. And I think it was Einstein said that you can't solve a problem the level it was created. You have to, you know, get to the next level to be yeah, able to, you, to, you can't we're the last one to see the water that we're in uh, you know it, 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 no it, it really is the word i would have used in that particular last example is i actually think it's effective it's more you know this is an effective you know what we're describing here it, you know there's a lot of ways of getting uh, you know it, of overcoming addiction but you're describing in the inner recovery which is what we've been talking about an approach that is very broad based it's very it, it sees a lot of potential it allows you flexibility to really you know meet people where they are right it allows you as a practitioner a, a huge amount of, of flexibility to explore your own growth 
to, to validate different aspects of your own life because, you know, our life experiences are key to our power and our ability to, to, to make change. And then it also allows us this whole thing, both us, the coach, the, 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 the client, the patient, all the different languages to point toward a better place for all of us. So yeah. a lot of hope. It's also a meta program that it's not, oh, this is recovery, you can't do this. Like maybe 60% of the clients I've worked with also done 12 steps because there's some really cool medicine and great things that happen in AA and all that stuff. And so it's not like a rejection. Oh, you're doing intro COVID. Don't you go to that meeting. Well, that's no, you go to that meeting and get an AA sponsor and he can do it. You know, I mean, all the support you can get. And so it's like when people come up with new things, we begin to understand the brain. We understand the body more. We, you know, we can all add this and just keep making the program, but it's very inclusive. It's inclusive. Yeah. And it's open. You know, or I like the word porous, you know, it allows in, it's not a boundary. <laughs> it's an oh, opportunity. So you can judge what doesn't work. So it doesn't mean just everything, everything. Well, no, this yeah, exactly. <laughs> we shouldn't sacrifice babies for your recovery. You know, that's well, yeah. It's not anything. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> but no, but it's it's it allows you to act, and allows you to make distinctions. Yeah. What's working and recognizing that those distinctions may not always be true. Right, which I guess the fancy word is enactment for that. So that for different for different individuals, that may be true. I need to go in that direction. I made yeah, absolutely intervention. And so that's so this has all been under the rubric of integral recovery and the integral approach. Yeah, okay, that's we've been talking about, and that you end up or you have the, the the term has come up there, coaching people. I mean, that's slightly different than running programs. You ran programs, which are those are retreat based programs that you were doing. Well, yeah, yeah these were uh, my most of my career was spent in in, in the wilderness. In wilderness retreat wilderness industry and, and right. here's some of the most beautiful wilderness in the world right. wonderful you know you have deserts mountains everything in between it's very diverse very gorgeous so right. you know there right. well there's key i'm just going to jump in i mean what when you when you do a wilderness retreat you're sort of saying you got to get out of your system and in order to sort of you know get contained right you got to turn off that we call it the lower right or the systems for a second so that we can actually start to regain some sense of me yeah. and then there's yeah the mysterious wilderness effect that nobody's been yeah. able to identify but you change oh it's amazing and after four or five weeks there you ain't the same person you know it's like yeah. everything is slowed down and like awe is starting to creep in and uh oh i'm just this little thing in the middle of this magnificent how does this fit together who am i and these these essential soul-centric questions begin to emerge and, uh, you know, the answers start to kind of seep in in, in, in an intuitive way. So, yeah, the context of wilderness is just wonderful. And Well, it's very healing. It's amazing. Just go out in nature and strip yourself all the way down and all sorts of healing happens. You know, it's, I mean, I haven't done that particular, I've, do, do, I've done vision quests, which is a slightly different thing, but it's always amazing after four days of doing nothing. How... Yeah, I have a guest house on our property, so you're ever in the hood, you know, okay. come on. I'll be there. Uh, so thank you. Um, so that, that, but now it's turned into coaching because you added this technology piece. In other words, you can do this integral recovery and not have the spiritual, you know, the meditation technology, right? But the meditation technology gives you this sort of rocket fuel move here. Yeah. Why the hell would you want to do it without it when you can make so much faster, uh, more holistic progress uh, by using it? You know, it's right. because it's not just the meditation stuff. It does a lot of things that, that traditional meditation probably doesn't do, you know. Well, in traditional meditation takes a long time oh, to do it. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like, yes, you have to do many retreats for a long time. And now you can say, well, guess what? You know, if you're under $100, uh, you know, you can buy a tool that if you use it regularly, will actually have a huge effect on your nervous system and on everything. Yeah, and your creativity and your resilience from stress. And there's so many benefits. I mean, you're evolving the brain. If you evolve your brain in a positive way, it changes everything, you know, changes everything you do. Right, so why not use it? But I would imagine, and so now I'm projecting a little bit because I, I mean, I use it in the way I use it, is that that you, the, the, the actual, um, the, the technology, we'll keep using that word, allows your brain to do something and make these changes, but the coaching allows you to start to point out what it can be doing, what it's doing, how, like how to potentize it. It's yeah, first of all, you've got to be a better coach if you're doing your own work. I couldn't right. imagine. I said, I'm going to talk to Joel. Yeah, I better go meditate, you know. <laughs> That's, I take care of that business, my interior business first. I haven't worked out, but I'll do that later today. But, you know, I know this, you know, it's like, man, I, I, I get up and, I, and before anybody else, before my wife and dog are up, I go and do my meditation so I can face the day in a good open way. And, you know, it keeps me in touch with, you know, the stuff that I'm working on and, and my relations. And, and, you know, one of my prayers is, you know, spirit, is there anything I'm supposed to be doing, learning, releasing, uh, seeing, you know, and please speak really clearly because I'm really thick skulled. You know, and if it's real subtle, I might miss it, you know, so <laughs> let me know. And, 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 I, and I, I know kind of the big strategic direction I'm going in my life, but, you know, the details, I still need guidance. And you, and you begin to trust in this kind of uh, inner knowingness and inner direction after a while. It's really, really great. It's not just we're existentially abandoned in the middle of all this random chaos, you know. Life begins to have meaning and purpose and connection in even the dark and painful stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. So, you know, I'm looking over our notes that we talked, you know, about what we were trying to get done in this particular conversation. And so, I mean, the key bullet was, you know, the technology allows us to revolutionize my life by using this particular entrainment technology. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. Uh, we've talked about this integral model, which we can use as a coaching model that allows us to see our clients in a more in a whole way and intervene with it as well as see ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And intervene, and of course, we should be using the brain entrainment. And then, and so, so you know, so so you end up, you know, you this all comes together as a as a coach. Like someone calls up and says, you know, John, I need you to you know help me, right? I need you to do something. And so, you know, I guess this is you get to you know how you sum it up. What's the how would you sum up this approach? You can have more than one word. <laughs> practice uh. okay in, in in the woods with our kids you know there's this 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 guy goes to new york he's a tourist you know and he asks a street person hey how do i get to carnegie hall and the guy goes practice 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 you know so that you know i used to say to the kids how do we get to carnegie hall and they go practice just instilling the idea that if you're going to achieve greatness or you're going to seek wholeness or sobriety or whatever it is you're working on it just takes practice Daily, dedicated practice, pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone into the sweet spot, not into your meltdown zone, but just to keep, and the brain is so evolutionary. Our bodies are so evolutionary. If we just do what we know skillfully and with the tools that we have now, we can reach levels that was never possible for any generation before us. And a lot of us can get there. It's very democratic. It's very, and Ken Wilber, I was talking to him one time and I, I he said, uh, 
well, you know, this is elitist, but it's an elitism to which everyone is invited, mm. which I like a lot. No, it's interesting because I really appreciate that because, you know, it really is, you don't really know where you're going to even get. You just have to show up. When you say practice, you're just saying, no, just, just daily, just get on with doing it. That's it. You know, what's getting in the way? Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, the March Madness is getting in the way for some, but it still seems like you should be able to practice. Uh, well, you know, those guys that are uh, in Sweet 16 or the Fantastic Four or whatever those things are called, they right. practice to get there. Right. You know, they're not there just because of dumb luck. Right. Right. So, so then, in, then in that model, you serve as the guide who's most, you know, you're attending to how can you use the word sweet spot? How can I or you or we find what's the right just to keep the person engaged and moving and pushing along and then, you know, finding their next? Yeah, well, you know, just when you're doing like physical exercise in the gym, it's a great metaphor for interior practice, because in the gym, you want to push yourself beyond your comfort zone so you really you know sweating and it's hard and the, and the better shape you get in you have to push yourself a little more so it keeps you getting a little better you know and in in meditation you just keep you know you watch your resistances my ego doesn't like to meditate it likes to live on the surfaces and be involved and you know answer emails or cut my toenails or you know do whatever and yeah. you can watch all that stuff and then you know, I was at, I was doing a series of interviews. I think I was the interviewer um, a while back. We did this thing called Spiritual Technologies 2.0. By the way, it's a free website. You can go watch all the interviews. Yeah. One. Yeah. And somebody said, well, you know, meditation, you don't really get down to these, you know, no thoughts and everything. And blah, blah. that's just, I do that every day. Mm-hmm. But it's taken 11 years of practice. But after I worked through all my, you know, resistances and distractions and, da, 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 and, and creative ideas and everything, finally, I just get down the last 10 or 15 minutes or just spaciousness, you know, the thoughts are very peripheral and they go away and I'm just there. And that's, that's the contemplative part where we're just kind of hanging out in the presence, you know, and and that is just essential to our spiritual and psychological and physical health to have access to that. Yeah, actually that's important. It really does happen that you can, you know, people, and someone say, well, why do you want to have no thoughts? It's like, well, why don't you try it out and find out what it's like, see what it feels like. But it really is something that takes many years of showing up again and again and again and again. We will have like previews, you know, have really cool spiritual experiences while we're meditating, which is Mm kind of like, hey, coming soon, you'll stabilize this, (laughs) you know, and you'll be able to do it on your own. And you get that taste and that, of course, that that inspiration uh, helps us to keep, you know, we get enough of that to keep us inspired and keep us coming back for more. Right, right. You know, but what I hear is that, that you're, Well, somewhere along you use the word embodied, I think. So their way is it's not just talking about it, it's having the experience. You bet. Yeah, wow. I had this, it may have been a three seconds of just feeling like completely at peace and in love with everything. Yeah. Well, it's gone now, but I had that. But it leaves an aftertaste. It leaves an afterglow. And, you know, and then you, you begin to have that more and you begin not to be shocked by it, but recognize the states that you're moving into and these deep spiritual states are very healthy, good things to cultivate, you know, I mean, yeah, motivates you to practice again. Yeah. Right. And when we fall off the path, which happens and, you know, you know, whenever on Thursday night or Sunday night or wherever it is, uh, we have to get back up and sit on the cushion again or put on our, 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 our uh, MP3s or talk to the coach. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's that time. Yeah. When we miss it, like, you know, if you've been working out for years, like I've 30 something years, I don't know how long time, but you know, I miss a week 
well, my body knows exactly what's going on when I go get back into the gym. You know, it just really responds quickly because it's just been so tuned. It's not like somebody who's never worked out getting back there, you know? Right. Right. So this is where the somatic is so important. And that's why I find I find that particularly, you know, a sort of I'm going to cycle all the way back to the actual, you know, meditation technology. It's, you know, it, there is a way in which it allows you to it's not just your mind. It is your 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 mind in your body. Yeah. Right. It, it's both that's happening. And, you know, so I end up, I mean, you know, one of my habits right now is actually, you know, I, I walk the dogs. I'm a dog walker late at night. And so that's often I'm transitioning from being on a computer and working mm -hmm. to wanting to go to bed. So I put on whichever one, Anahata is the one that I've been listening to a lot. And it's just kind of a blissy sort of experience. And I take my walk, you know, and it's just, uh, yeah, and, and maybe one last word that if you want to be an uh, integral coach, you have to be a practitioner, okay? Mm. It's not just knowing all the integral stuff. I think the early kind of uh, maybe the pathological thing in the integral movement, everybody heads were full of it, but nobody was actually doing it. And recently I found more and more people that become more embodied, more grounded, you know, doing the practices, you know, your head in the clouds, feet on the earth. You know, so you can really have both. And if I mean, it's a glorious head trip if that's what you want to do. But it's you're really not reaching nearly an nth of the potential until you actually start working your body, your interiors, your mind, and just throwing yourself into this stuff and becoming a, a lifetime practitioner. Yeah. So, which is wonderful. In other words, it's not just knowing more; it's actually living. Yeah. <laughs> right. Having it yourself, and then being, you know, be, being able to surrender to, you know, well. I can offer this to others and make this, you know, help everybody. And the better you get, it's like playing tennis. I'll go, I'm a tennis player. You know, mm -hmm. the first time out there is like, you can't, you can't get over the net. You can't even hit it within the, you know, the, the boxes or anything. And that's kind of a struggle. But once you get to be a pretty good damn tennis player, man, it gets to be a spiritual experience out there on the court. So the more you practice, the more levels of achievement, the better meditator you become, the better athlete you become, there's much more pleasure and more flow experience and, and the whole thing becomes much more beautiful, the better we get at it. Just right. kind of learning to play a guitar is really interesting, man. But when I can wail on my guitar and get in the zone where the guitar is playing me, now that's happiness. You know, that's authentically amazing, you know. And, and both of those issue, Im images include that when you're in that zone, you're also with, you appreciate the other player and you appreciate the band. <laughs> right. So you also have feel more connected to it all. And then, of course, if you're playing in front of others, you're getting to watch them uh, dance. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Well, John, it's been a, a great conversation. and You are an inspiration. And I really hope that folks go to your website. You have more than one website. But I mean, the one that, you know, I awake is available with a download so people can test this stuff out if it's if it's, uh, you know, you're nervous about it, you know, just put it on and check it out, right? Yeah, we, we just got a new website. It's really cool. It's very user-friendly. And I got the Integral Recovery website, and we got the Spiritual spiritual Technologies 2.0, where all these other people are talking about the, the spiritual technologies they've been developing. So it's really, really a cool time. And you get my book, I think, on, on the iAwake Technologies, or Amazon, for that matter, or um, um, the IntegralRecovery.com. It's all there. Yeah, I will say it's a it's an important book to read if you're working with any any type of addictions. Uh, I, you know, it's something that I don't think you'll put down, even though it's got a lot in it. 
And so, you know, there's a lot you, you're offering the world. You have a lot of gifts you've given us, John. So I thank you very much for uh, being with us today. And, uh, you know, it's been, I look forward to what we do next. Yeah, thanks, Joel. And thanks, everybody. It's been, it's been great. Thank you.